Here's the snap. Looking. Flips the ball. Diving for the pylon. And he's got it. Razzle dazzle. Touchdown, Houston. And the Texans go in front. There is no offseason for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. We had a lot of energy and we brought a lot of spark for this organization. The best is yet to come. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Ball is out. The Texans say they have it. And they do. Now, it's Texans All Access. Yes, it is on this Wednesday evening. Welcome in, everybody. It is Texans All Access. I am John Harris. Still in the crib, but hopefully soon. Be out and about watching a little bit of training camp practice. But I will tell you this, and I heard Landry say this today. Training camp practice will not start on Saturday. Please be clear about that. Practice will not start on Saturday because I know what's going to happen. John, training camp started today. What are your observations? Uh, cool your jets. It's going to be a little while before we actually get to actual training camp. And when it does, we will be there, obviously, to bring it all to you. And when I say we, I mean my partner in crime, the Vox, the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Johnny, I'm doing so well. And, yeah, I mean, does anybody think? I guess some people might because training camp had been sort of semi-promoted as a start on the 25th or the 28th or whatever part of July you want to think. Uh, By the end of the month, all the players will have reported, no doubt. But they're going to test. They're going to go home. They're going to Zoom meet. They're going to test again. They're going to do some uh, conditioning stuff. Uh, It's a ramp-up process, as you've heard from guys like Ian Rappaport and people like that. It's going to take a while. We're a good two, maybe three weeks away from what you would consider – meaning the listeners, and even yes. us, a training camp practice, something that you might do Harris hits on. We're not going to yes. see one of those for a while, but w- yeah. as soon as we do, we'll be out there. We'll be broadcasting 8 to 10 a.m. for the first 10 business days of training camp and take it from there. Thank God you just talked for about a minute because I got the worst cramp in my hamstring. Oh, oh no. my God. Oh, Mark. Oh, you're just cramping Holy up sitting cow. still, just sitting? Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, it just came out of nowhere. I, I kind of changed positions, and all of a sudden, my hamstring just cramped up. Like, wow, that was absolutely painful. So um, I, I think I heard what you said, I think, but the pain that just shot through my leg, wow, that live radio is absolutely awesome. I, You know, I never really gave thought to things like that could happen, uh, you know, like that. You know, I, I know things can happen on live radio. You know, you might – say a word or something you regret but man cramping up in your hamstring on live radio oh my okay it is wednesday <laughs> i feel like i've recovered now you're staying um, in the game staying I'm, in the game yeah i think I'm, i think i'm gonna be okay i just gotta be careful how i sit um i did yeah i did maybe overexert myself today uh with the exercise so i gotta maybe be careful uh but that's a story for a different day it is a what you remember when Wednesday, I got. I feel like I feel like all of them are good, Mark. But I feel like I got a couple of interesting ones today that are sort of uh, underrated when we think about moments with the Texans. One that happened in 2014 that I think I think personally the one that I'm going to bring up in 2014 kept a certain quarterback in the league at that point. And then kept him in the league for a good while after when his career very easily could have been over um, at that point. But we'll get to that later in the show. We've got plenty of news. And I think John McClain ended up breaking the story last night right near the end of our show. Or I think right after. I think I saw it right afterwards. Mark Tracy Smith takes over as special teams coordinator. Now, I know it's one of those things where we saw it and we're like, okay, good. Let's move on. I know for some people outside the building <laughs> – because I think we – I don't know. I don't know about you, Mark. Uh, I expected it. That, that was kind of what I expected Tracy to take over as special teams coordinator. He keeps everything intact with what they had been doing under Brad Seeley. Brad retired. It just felt like this is the right move. Tracy steps up. He now gets the opportunity. And we kind of keep things going with special teams. And that was a group that was top five for the last couple of years when before that they had not been very good. They now are under uh, the leadership of Tracy Smith. Surprise, kind of happy. What are your thoughts about Tracy Smith taking over as special teams coordinator? 
spent a decade with Brad Seeley, so he knows what is demanded of this job, what is required of this job. Uh, he has creativity. There's a reason why Brad Seeley liked working with him so much. Yeah. Look, Brad Seeley, I don't know him that well. You know, Johnny, you and I have interviewed him a few times, and, you know, we have a sense of him, of course. We've seen his work in the flesh, the yeah. dramatic improvement in special teams. But I can tell you this. If Brad Seeley didn't think Tracy Smith was great to work with and was going to be yeah. a great coach, yeah. he never would have had him here. He, I mean, I know that Carl Smith, his dad, works here, but he's been yeah. with Brad Seeley for a decade in this league without Carl Smith. Brad Seeley would have moved on a long time ago to somebody else that he thought was you know, up to the job, up to snuff to do the right. job as special teams assistant coordinator or whatever his title was before this. So I like that part of it. And look, this is all going to be different. Think about this now. You've got you've got Tim calling plays, right? Mm-hmm. You've yep. got Anthony Weaver calling plays on defense, and now you have a new special teams coordinator. This is big stuff here. Be- and you know, Bill O'Brien's still overseeing the whole thing, and on offense, you know, it, he could take the wheel at any time, maybe. Sure. Uh, yeah. But you know, he wants to, he wants to give Tim Kelly that chance and and give him the opportunity. And he knows Tim Kelly well enough. And I, I could say the same thing I just said about Tracy Smith. I could say the same thing about Tim Kelly. If Bill O'Brien didn't think he could do the job, he never would have said he's going to call plays. Are you yeah. kidding? And I yeah. know he's an unknown commodity to everybody, but he's been around here for a while, and he feels good about Bill does about his creativity, uh, obviously about his prep. Uh, so I feel the same way about Tracy Smith, but I think it's a very interesting phase, uh, a, di- a dynamic to bring up that this team has new coordinators at every phase of the game. I think what's interesting about that, when you get new coordinators, Usually, you get them. Is it usually? I guess usually, you get them from outside the building, right? Right. For the most part, you get them from outside the building. We have not one, not two, but three new coordinators. But all three were have been in the building. Anthony Weaver from D line coach to defensive coordinator slash D line coach. Tim Kelly moves up to quarterbacks and offensive coordinator. And Tracy Smith moves up to the special teams coordinator spot. I don't know how rare that is, Mark. First of all, to have three different coordinators going into a season when you, A, haven't had a head coaching change, and, B, all three guys were in the building the prior year. That blows my mind when I think about it from that perspective. You never – I can't say that I've ever seen that happen where, first of all, three coordinators uh, are changed when there's no head coaching change, but they all came from inside the building. Right. Now, Tim Kelly has been here, but this is the first year calling plays. So that's why we say right, new coordinator, right, really. Right. New new role for him, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and it should be pointed out, Romeo's still in the building. That's yep. good. Bill O'Brien's still in the building for Tim Kelly. That's good. And Brad Seeley will not be in the building for Tracy Smith, but he'll do fine. I just have the feeling he's going to do – If if all he did was put the pieces where they were last year – They'll be okay. Now, I know there's coaching on the fly. There's adjustments and things like that. Even on special teams, some of the nuances of that. You know, look, you know how I feel about special teams practice, right? Special teams practice. <laughs> I, know, which I know how you feel special about Special teams it. practices, <laughs> seeing the classic rock band, and they say, now we'd like to play something from the new album. Yeah, and that's yeah. where I go to the concession stand. I don't watch special teams practice. The only thing I'd like to see is, is Fairbairn going to make his in practice or who's lining up to return punts and kicks just to line up because what they do with it in practice is irrelevant. No one's going live. But other than that, I'm going to the concession stand of the restroom. You're ridiculous. You're ridiculous. <laughs> because you know, you know full well if if something happens with special teams, like, what are we doing with special teams? What? And I'm not just saying you, but this happens mm-hmm. to, to everybody. Yeah. Talk show hosts in this town, media mm-hmm. you know, analysts, whatever the case might be. Right. But what's going on with special team? I mean, as soon as something does go wrong, it's like this team works on it. They the two years under Brad Seely and, and Tracy Smith now under Tracy Smith, they used a lot of time going over special teams. The first thing I thought about was Tracy taking over. Okay, that's great. What are the personnel changes in special teams that we've got to kind of keep our eyes on? Oh yeah, Barkevius Mingo gone, Taiwan Jones gone. Yeah. But you bring in Michael Thomas, who has been phenomenal on special teams over the years. Uh, John Reed, obviously, is going to, I would imagine, play special teams 
uh, rookie out of Penn State. He better play special yeah, teams. He better, yeah, no doubt. Um, but you got Dylan Cole coming off the ACL. You still got A.J. Moore coming back. You got Gilly. Um, I, you know, Zach Cunningham plays on special teams, certain ones. He didn't play all of them, but he plays certain ones. But your core special teamers, you're going to have to find – well, with Mingo and Jones gone, you do have Michael Thomas coming in. But Jalen Watkins, Eric Murray, are those guys going to play on special teams? Um, yes. how, do you, how does that factor in? You know, Lonnie's still here. Does Lonnie play on special teams, or does Lonnie end up winning one of the roles, be it safety or one of the cornerback roles, and maybe you don't use him as much on special teams? So th- That's it, a good question. Well, Justin Reed, right? Did you mention Justin Reed? Was, no, Justin was, will right. play on special teams too. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So, wait, you said he won't play special teams? Who, Justin? Yeah. He well, I mean, he was personal protector on. Point. Yeah, I, I think I think that's one to watch right there because the wear and tear in the shoulder and everything else. Yeah, you want him to you know fully focus. Like I would put Lonnie on special teams and Eric Murray way before I'd put Justin if I yeah, just yeah, had yeah. to like lay it out there. Not that Justin's not good; he's good on special teams. Look, if you put your best players on special teams, they might be better, but it's not going to be good in the long haul for your best players. I mean, I remember, you know, it's so funny the difference between college and pro. At the University of Miami, uh, my last year there, won the national championship, and Kellen Winslow Jr. was, I think, a true freshman, yeah. and they just played him on special teams. That's yep. all he could do. He had Jeremy Shockey or whatever. He had all these other guys. So you weren't going to go with a Kellen Winslow in the offense. He just wasn't ready for that role, probably undersized for tight end at the time. So they put all like Frank Gore. All those guys are playing special teams. Can you imagine? You have all this high draft talent, but they're young. They're frosh uh, and sophomores, and you put them on special teams because you want them to play. Mark, I watched that Rose Bowl against the uh, Cornhuskers. <laughs> it popped up on my YouTube uh, Palooza the other day. On your YouTube roulette? And, and it was so, it's so funny you bring it up because that was the exact thing that stood out to me. Where the guys running down on special teams are like, oh, my God, that's that's Frank Gore, and that's Kellen Winslow yeah. on special teams. Yeah. You know, Andre, you Johnson, Andre Johnson and Frank Gore running back kicks. Right. You know, I mean, opening kickoff was crazy. That? Andre Johnson <laughs> returning your kickoffs. Thank yeah. you. I mean, yeah. that's what you want, but you can't do it in the NFL because you yeah. have 46 dressed, and there's no way you're going to do that with your star players. I mean – you don't think Deshaun Watson could do a good job, you know, playing playing Gunner? Are you kidding? He'd be first man down. But you're not going to do that with your quarterback. In high school, he probably – I would love to see some of that stuff. Even at Gainesville, Georgia, though, they probably really platooned everybody, right? Uh, probably. There might, be a, there might be a player or two that plays – probably similar to the way we did at high school. We, we went one side of the ball, but I would, I would be used at receiver – periodically just when it came to uh throwing the football i would i would go in for that so i probably played about 35 to 40 percent of the offensive snaps 100 percent of the defensive snaps but if we were in a tight game mm-hmm. and it was close game big game yeah. uh, my offensive snaps <laughs> they went up significantly so yep. I, i'd imagine gainesville is probably the same way they probably had a there was probably a player to, not not Deshaun. now Deshaun probably could have gone in and played db or linebacker or whatever but you you don't take that you would take that risk, but they probably had a player or two that went went uh, both ways, if not 100% of the time, um, a, a, a decent amount of time. But going back and watching Miami 2001 and seeing the guys that run out of special teams, uh, you're, you're dead on. <laughs> Speaking of, you're talking about freshmen. In the NFL, they're called rookies. The entire rookie class, well, all five, uh, drafted class, signed, sealed, and delivered yesterday, Isaiah Coulter, wide receiver out of Rhode Island, and top pick, second rounder, Ross Blacklock from right here in the greater Houston area, Missouri City, went to Elkins High School, then went to TCU. Ross Blacklock signs, and then said later, grown men can cry. He shed a tear, and when you think about it, Mark, and I've, I've thought about this a lot, what this must mean for him, the team that he grew up, which is kind of weird to say, I guess, uh, because the Texans are the youngest team in the NFL. But the team he grew up watching, he is about to don their equipment and play for that team right here in Houston. I, when he said grown man could cry, I'm like, heck yeah, I cry all the time. I watch the episode of Friends, and I'm probably crying by the end of it. So, yeah, grown man can cry, there's no doubt. And I can't wait to see what he's able to do, Mark. I, I, I know I, I said the other day I was curious about Isaiah Coulter because I've seen Ross play a lot. 
but how Ross fits into this defense. The more I've thought about this, Mark, the more I feel like Ross Blacklock is going to play a huge role for this defense. Maybe not immediately, but by halfway through this season, Ross Blacklock is going to be a big figure in this defense. Wait, did you cry at the end of the one where Ross is supposed to marry the British girl, but he calls her Rachel instead of whatever her name was, and it's a big shocking conclusion to the show? No, I didn't cry at that one. Okay. But I did cry at the very end when she walks back in and she goes, I didn't get on the plane uh, because that meant Ross and Rachel were going to be together forever. Oh, that's just so heart tugging mm-hmm. yeah tugging at yeah. the, yeah. the heartstrings yeah. uh did you see the video of a man who working out with demarcus where was it yeah how about that yeah, he's hey look charles has been putting in work i mean he tweeted he yeah. said work and then dot 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 at demarcus where he's been putting in work mm-hmm. and maybe it's just that all the work he's putting he is a social media Savant's not the right word. He loves putting his stuff out there on social media. Every workout, everything he's doing, he puts it out there on social media. I mean, he was a radio intern um, uh, with my buddies at the Horn in Austin. So he was. Yeah. So he understands the social media side of things. But, man, every time you look up, he's got a video out there of him doing something. But seeing him work with the Marcus Ware – I like that. I like that a lot oh, because yeah. the things that you're able to learn one-on-one from a great pass rusher and just fine-tune what you have, like it, it, it's amazing. I, I talked with a guy that, that, really, that works with a lot of pass rushers, Chuck Smith, who played at Tennessee, played University of Tennessee, and they played for the Falcons. And uh, in 2012, I had been at the SEC Championship game, and I was doing a radio show beforehand, and Chuck was there. And they said, hey, do you want to have Chuck Smith? I'm like, heck yeah, let's talk some football. Let's talk about these guys. He had uh, coached individually a couple of the guys on Georgia's squad uh, from the edge rushing perspective, Jarvis Jones. And so we talked about that. And so we talked for a while afterwards just about pass rush and just learning and the things that he's able to teach these guys. And Davin Bellamy goes to Chuck Smith. You get that one-on-one instruction, man. It's huge because at this level, if you're not able to throw hands and throw them in multiple ways, there's no way you're going to get there. So I was glad to see him working with the Marcus Ware. That would be pretty cool for him, and hopefully he's gotten something out of it this summer. Oh, I, I think a meta who is poised for a, a nice year. I was going to say a big year. I don't know how to define a big year, but a nice year, sophomore season, year one to year two improvement. We want to see what edge of four can do in that year one to year three, but I sat out year two improvement <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> category. Uh, we want to see that. Uh, the pass rush, we talk about it all the time. Grenard, how does he factor in? They've got some options here. I think Blacklock's going to get after the quarterback a little bit too. Uh, so, you know, from the interior, which you need that interior pressure. We always talk about that. You cannot enable the quarterback to step up. You come around the edge. If he can step up, you're dead anyway downfield. So let's see what these guys can do, just trying to crush that pocket as we move forward here. Uh, it's crucial, Johnny, because when you look at what the defense did or did not do last year, you got to find a way to get after the quarterback better. You got to find a way to be better on the back end. We all know that. You know, you feel good about the linebacking and everything. Um, you know, you have the horses. You got to see them play better, get it done. I was watching the London game today, and well, that just, looked good. Yeah, it did look good. But the one thing that I that I noticed as I was watching that game was the. Let me make sure I say this properly. The lack of twitch up and down the defensive line. And there would be times where you would have DJ Reader and, you know, maybe Dunny or Angelo Blackson rush the quarterback from the inside. And I'm like, man, this year you could have Watt and Blacklock rushing from the inside. You could have, or Amenahu, Amenahu and Blacklock, Amenahu and Watt, Blacklock and Amenahu. And then on the outside, you could have Watt Merciless. You could have Watt Grenard. You could have Merciless Grenard. You could have Edgefor Grenard. There's so many different ways that you can put Twitch on the field rushing the quarterback. And it really stood out to me as I was watching it against Jacksonville. Because we did do, they did do a pretty good job of getting there and making Minshew's life tough. But they didn't create a ton of pressure. But I think about what guys like Amanda who like Black, like, like Watt, uh, like Grenard, like Whitney, like these guys with a little bit of twitch coming off the edge from the inside. The problems that those guys can create when it's passing situations. Now, obviously, you got to get them in passing situations. So you got to be good against the run, and then you earn those pass rush downs. 
So hopefully that's what ends up happening. But just the the roster of of twitch that you have on the defensive line is so much more than what you had, especially in that game because you didn't have Watt. Didn't I mean, have Watt. You didn't have Watt in that game. So it, of those guys I mentioned, you didn't have Watt. You didn't have Blacklock. Charlesman, who didn't play a ton in that game, you didn't have Edge of Four. Those are, you know, three three guys, four guys that are going to factor in, I think, significantly in this pass rush. And I think that could change things uh, pretty significantly. Okay. It is a What You Remember When Wednesday. When we come back in 2014, late in the season, a quarterback came out of a duck blind. What You Remember When Case Keenum took over for the Texans? We'll do that next right here on Texans All Access. Touchdown! Texans Radio continues in a moment. Teachers and parents, are you looking for educational resources to keep your students engaged at home during this challenging time? The Houston Texans, Toro, and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value, all the while having some fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the COVID-19 resources page and run your kids through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! It's the classic dilemma at Whataburger. You pick up your patty melt with two fresh all-beef patties, melted Monterey Jack cheese, grilled onions, and creamy pepper sauce. And just when you're about to dig into Whataburger's take on this all-time classic, someone utters the dreaded words. Can I have a bite? Should you? Shouldn't you? Maybe you just take a big bite so you don't have to answer. Good thing that dilemma's over. Good thing there's the patty melt at Whataburger. What makes Ford F-Series the best in Texas? Just listen to the folks who drive them. Ford is by far ahead of any other competitor out there. The technology that they put in the trucks, it's incredible. I love it as a family vehicle. I love the size and the space for my daughter. If you want reliable, dependable, and a good-looking truck, Ford's the way to go. I want to drive the leader. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling trucks and the best in Texas. Ford is the best in Texas. From the slightest bend to complex motions, your body is made to move. At Houston Methodist Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, our teams are using advanced technology and imaging to develop custom treatment plans, and our minimally invasive procedures can help you heal faster. We have the expertise to keep you moving because every movement matters. Find the care you need at 20 locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. Stay connected with the Houston Texans and join the Stampede email newsletter for the latest news and team stories. Each month, Stampede members have the opportunity to win sideline experiences, tickets, autographed team memorabilia, and more. Visit HoustonTexans.com to sign up. Make sure you follow the Texans on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And take the Texans with you wherever you go with the Texans app and never miss an update. This is Texans Radio. Hey, Texans fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day. So skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Do you know an outstanding Latino leader who is making a positive impact on Houston? Nominate them today for the Houston Texans Campeón de la Comunidad Award, presented by Miller Lite. The award honors a leader in the Latino community who is making a positive impact on the city of Houston through service to a local nonprofit. Winner will receive a $20,000 grant for their nonprofit and recognition at a Texans home game. Visit HoustonTexans.com backslash campeón to nominate a Latino leader today. Right now, many of us are unsure about what may come next. At Reliant, we want to help you light the way. With 24-7 customer care and online support, we're here for you today, and we'll be here long after we power through this. Just visit Reliant.com slash light the way or call 1-866-RELIANT. Because even though we're a bit farther apart these days, we're all in this together. Reliant. That's power. 
your way. PUCT number 10007. Here at the Kroger Company, the fight against hunger is something that we are very passionate about. That's why we created the Zero Hunger, Zero Waste Foundation and have committed more than $6 million to our nonprofit partners. $3 million to Feeding America and No Kid Hungry and $100,000 to the Greater Houston COVID-19 Relief Fund. You can help support our goal to end hunger in our communities by donating a dollar or rounding up your total to the nearest dollar at any Kroger store. To learn more, visit thekrogerco.com. He's the general. John McClain. The roster size is going to be 80, which means you're going to have more than 300 players cut around the league. In this situation, Brendan Scarlett, Dylan Cole, A.J. Boyer, Arian Foster, those players who made the Texans and undrafted free agents, good chance they wouldn't be making it this year. John McClain is exclusively on Houston's Sports Leader, Sports Radio 610. Back to the show that keeps you up to date on the Houston Texans. Texans All Access. That's right. It is Texans All Access. I would recommend going and uh, favoriting uh, the podcast that we have for you. In the lab podcast Drew and I did yesterday. I think you'll like this one. Four players that we are curious about. A rookie, a second-year guy, a new Veteran signed, and then kind of an old standby. Uh, DB Sidhu's got hers, Deep Slant. And Vanderbilt's View, Mark, you did a podcast this week, correct? Rich Lord, and it's really good, if I say so myself. Uh, talking to Rich about the early days of sports talk radio in Houston. You want to hear mm-hmm. about how Sports Radio 610 got started, why it got started, why Rich would go from a news station to a sports station when – there was no other sports station in the history of this market until Sports Radio 610. This is in the mid-90s. And what it was like to be on the air then when the Oilers were leaving yeah. and you had no pro football. It's really good stuff, so check it out. And also, Johnny, you know, Rich did the sideline before you did, so he shared his top games with me from the sideline and not necessarily stuff that you would think. So it's pretty good stuff. You're, you're going to like that. Well, I would imagine I I was always envious of Rich doing the 2011 game in Cincinnati. That's yeah, he talked that's about one, that. Yeah, well, um, because and and I'll I'll give this away. It wasn't you know I'm not giving away spoilers like to end Game of Thrones here, but uh, <laughs> he all right. So when the team is in the locker room that day and they're watching the end of the Titans Saints game to see if they get in because they need that loss yeah, yeah. from the Titans to clinch. Uh, Rich was outside the door, and we had him on the air. He's like, I'm outside the door right now, and they're inside, and I can hear them. They're watching the game. You know, we we, we had – he couldn't go in the door. They they left that locker room door closed until yeah. they knew whether they clinched or not because they didn't want the media in there with them yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. while they're clinching or not clinching, you know, so they didn't want all those uh, looks recorded at that particular moment. Sometimes I weasel my way in. Not all the way in the group, but like I'll just get into like the the far corner, yep. Just so I'm kind of inside the door. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I that that's something I've kind of you know. Sometimes that would have been interesting to see if you could have gotten in there that day. You know, another game that he uh, he really liked that you would have loved to be a part of. Now you were at Lambeau Field in 2016, but that was a yeah. loss. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. there in 08 for that three degrees game, that frigid afternoon oh, where they won. That was such a good game. And he said it was surreal just to be down there and the Texans just torching the Green Bay defense to the tune of over 400 passing yards by Schaub. That's one of the better offensive performances all, all time. I mean, I, I don't, it's not the, you know, 2012 Jacksonville, Schaub has 500-plus. 27, but, yeah, 527. But doing it in that cold weather at Lambeau against the Packers. Now it's not a great Packers team in 08, but still – to. To do it in a place you don't play, but every eight years, I mean that's a that that's pretty that's pretty awesome. And I will say this, Rich, I, I did a bunch of interviews with Rich. You know, pregame, I I would go on with he and Sean in the afternoon. Rich could never. I mean, he always was so gracious to me uh, for do you know doing that job. I mean, he was just awesome. I, I have the mo- the the utmost respect for Rich. Um, for you know, me taking that that responsibility of being salary reporter, he was awesome. Like he was just so good to me. After that, um, was willing to help. Just really, 
straight up guy. So you absolutely got to check out Vanderbilt's View. And I would love to hear the old stories about how Sports Radio 610 got started. And obviously, uh, I would imagine uh, that Dickie's name got thrown in there because he is the uh, – I would Im- I, I think, if I'm right, Dickie, was, Dickie Rosenthal was the – he was the guy who – Started Sports Radio 610. Yeah. Am I correct? Yes, Dickie Rosenfeld. Yes, he. Yeah. yeah, he started it, and he brought Jim Rome into the market. Now, Jim Rome, people don't remember, and he's still on, I think, CBS Sports Radio. Maybe it's on 650, yeah. uh, but it's not the same. But he was so huge in the 90s in the O's. I mean, that's how Sean Pendergast got started, calling in and being Sean the Kaplan agent and everything, yep. and Rich talks about that. Uh, but, but Rome, in this market, pulled Big numbers. I huge, mean, that was a yes. huge boost to the radio station at the time, and it was a, an awkward shift, 11 to 2, and he talks about when uh, Dickie Rosenfeld was going to tape delay it because they wanted to start it at noon if they could, but uh, Rome's, the, the clones, just went nuts. Yeah. Rome's wrath uh, was, was laid <laughs> upon this station on the air, and yeah. they could not move the show. Uh, but people remember, people listening, the old-timers remember Rome listening parties for the smack-off yes. and Rome tour stops. So he came to Houston. I think they were at the summit. I think yeah, they filled was. the summit or something. I mean, it was huge. So um, those were those were the days, and Rich talks about them in the podcast, Vandermeer's View. It's on the Texans app. Yeah, go check it out. It's going to be fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's time for What You Remember When Wednesday. Okay. All right, Mark. These, uh, well, I got four of them. All right. One of them is a well. Well, let's just ju- let's just jump in. Okay, three of them are good. Number one, <laughs> the fourth sucks. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, at the time it didn't. Okay, but it ended up sucking later. Oh, uh, number one, what you remember when Brandon Whedon hits Jalen Strong for the touchdown in Indianapolis in 2015. Well, I, it, it reminded me of the Yates to DeAndre Hopkins pass in the Monday Nighter, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. it, 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 to me, it was a very similar thing because, I mean, it wasn't as good a pass and good a reception. I mean, that was unbelievable what happened at Cincinnati in the catch by Hop. But under the circumstances, you're dealing with strong, uh, and he runs a nice little pattern, and Whedon just dumps it off, and uh, he's, he had to roll right. Right, and then make a Correct. make a pretty decent throw. I mean, it's easy for me to say that that was an easier play. Uh, you have to execute it and everything. But we all agree on this, Johnny, that we I mean, this guy got drafted in the first round for a reason. Okay, yes. the arm is fantastic. Uh, he did very well at Oklahoma State. Uh, he was an older guy because of the baseball career, right? Yep. But he gets drafted late, and you know, by the time he got here, he was already fifty-two years old. No, he wasn't, but. <laughs> Uh, he was already later. The Cowboys just cut him. I thought, you know, coming off the bench, I think we did this one in our in a recent show, but coming off the bench and being able to hit him for that pass, uh, for that uh, TD, I thought, here we go. We can do it. We can do it. And we talked about this before, how that's maybe my favorite. I think it is my favorite all-time win. I really do. Uh, yeah. Other than, you know, playoff victories and things like that, but that one just holds such a special place in my heart that um, I'm not going to let it go. That one is also one of my favorite all-time plays because it ends up basically right in my lap, and the side judge almost ended up in my lap um, on the on the sidelines. Uh, that's a story for a different uh, date and time. Okay, <laughs> I can't wait to. I don't know why this one popped in my head. Oh, I oh I do know why. I know why. Well, mm-hmm. you'll figure this one out. What you remember when they asked you and Dre to sit? In London last year. All right, don't get me started. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you know how I, I, I know get why. so upset. I know I why I thought s- about this because I was watching the London game today. Uh, that's why oh, I yeah. thought about this. It's funny because I where was I? I was scrolling looking for a pick, and I found a picture of me uh, that was that was from that booth position, if you can call it a booth. Basically, it was like. I, I don't know if uh, people remember going to a place called Carvel. I don't think you ever had Carvel here in Houston, the ice cream place. But it was definitely around on the East Coast, Northeast. But they had these yeah. little desks. And maybe Baskin and Robbins had them too. Baskin Robbins, the ice cream joint, where yeah. they're like 
kindergarten desks. I don't know why I'm bringing up the ice cream place. Just bring up kindergarten desk. Yeah. But that's what it felt like. We were sitting yeah. down at a kindergarten desk doing a game, and I stood up because that's what I do, man. I stand when I broadcast, especially when I'm low like that. I got to stand yeah. up. I got to get a little higher, and the energy is better and everything. And they're like, please sit down, sir, because we have people walking in front of you and people behind you, and they need to be able to see. This is the official stats crew. I'm like, well, the stats crew should be somewhere else because i got to be able to stand. We're doing a radio broadcast over here to 40 stations in the United States of America. So I was being the ugly American, Johnny. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that well. That that. I don't like people messing with my view. Like, if yeah. just give me the place, I'll deal with it wherever the booth is. But we're not in the booth; we're basically with the fans. Yeah, I could have dealt with it much better if I could have stood. <laughs> and you know what remember, I did? I can remember we were we were going to a break, and not, I don't even know that we had gotten all the way to a break. And all of a sudden, I hear you go, Johnny. They're making us sit down. And I was like, I was like, yeah. oh no, this is not gonna, this is yeah. not gonna be good. Not good. Not, good <laughs> not gonna be good. And people walking in front, and oh. you know, to be to be passive aggressive, or maybe it wasn't quite so passive. Uh, during the pregame, I stood the whole time. Now they don't need to see the people yeah. behind us doing the stats stuff. Yeah. They don't need to see. But uh, I stood up, and I know they were really worried that they were gonna have to come tell me to shush and sit down during the game. But I finally did, and. <laughs> Look, we got through it. I, and we talk about it all the time, how that trip, we were kind of dreading it coming up because, like, it's already yeah. deep into the season. And, oh, man, do you really want to fly out there? We had the best time. It was it a was great awesome. trip. We'll never forget it. It was a good experience. And I know the fans had an even better time. So good for them who went over and saw Big Texans win. Yeah, it, it, was a, it really was. It was one of my favorite trips that we've ever taken. Okay, in 2014, we went to Indianapolis. And we lost not one but two quarterbacks that day for the rest yep. of the season in yep. Indianapolis. On the plane flight home, or just before we got on the plane, Case Keenum gets a call. He was in a deer blind hunting that weekend. His wife tells him, hey, the Texans had a couple of injuries. You might get a call. He gets a call. He shows up. He starts against the Baltimore Ravens. Mark, yep. what you remember when... On the first drive of the game, I think it was either the first or second play, Case Keenum goes deep and hits Andre Johnson deep down the sideline after coming out of the deer blind. What you remember when? Well, it wasn't just whatever he did to score, Johnny. It was coming out throwing. That really stuck with me on that opening drive. Uh, you know, you have Keenum, who was around in the spring, right? Yeah. And, yes, you know, so obviously didn't make the team and everything, and you know, at the time, looking back, you could have done a lot worse than have Case Keenum on your football team. But, you know, uh, they, they didn't elect to have him, and they had, they had Mallett, they had Fitzpatrick. They moved the ball pretty well. I mean, the offense was, uh, at times, pretty good in 2014. Now, I want to do this. I want to pull up that game because uh, that was week 16. You got Keenum coming off the deer blind, and all right, I've got it right here, Johnny. And they come out throwing in the first quarter. And I, that's what surprised me more than anything. I thought it was going to be, you know, ground O'Brien, right? But yeah. first and 10, Keenum to Andre Johnson for 35 yards, okay? Yep. Uh, direct snap to Arian Foster on the next play. Up the middle for four, okay, but it keeps the defense thinking, what? Uh, the next play, uh, Keenum to Andre Johnson for seven yards, uh, second and three, direct snap to Foster again for four <laughs> yards. First down. Keenum yep. short right to Johnson for 14 yards. Then another – they were going back and forth. Arian getting, you know, a, uh, wild Arian. What did we call it? I think we called it the wild Arian at yeah. the time. And, Arian. And he's he's not really gaining yards in the wild Arian much. He, he got a two-yard loss. But Keenum, let's see, uh, Foster for two. Um, oh, they kicked a field goal in the opening drive, but they came out throwing. Yeah. And I'll never forget before the game, Kubiak returns to NRG Stadium a year after getting dismissed following yeah. that debacle of 2-14. and 14. He was 2-11 and 11 when he got fired. Uh, but he 
uh, Dennison and Periani are on a golf cart in the service level going over the, the Ravens game plan, you know, near the locker room. I went to go look for him just to see if I could run into him before the game. Yeah, and I yeah. saw those guys and I shook their hands. And it was just so surreal, Johnny, because O'Brien is still in year one. You have this quarterback meltdown injury-wise, and then you have – Right there, uh, the old head coach as the OC, and the Ravens were having a whale of a year, but they got addressed that day by the Texans' defense. I mean, that was, a that was I think, of just pure coaching, pure well-coached games. That's as good as O'Brien has ever done. Uh, maybe top four in terms of best-coached games, considering you have a quarterback coming out of the deer blind and what you did to a hot team that went to the playoffs with, at the time, the best Ravens offense in franchise history. Now it's better with Lamar Jackson, but they still had Flacco, and the Texans took him apart that day. They just dismantled him. And the fact that Case was firing from the beginning, that's what surprised me. I was like, they're throwing, like, right away, 35 yards, bang, down the sideline to Dre. And the thing about it was, and I thought about it later on, it was like, if there's something that Case does extremely well, the touch outside the numbers, he's he's always been a good touch thrower, a deep, you know, a deep thrower with some touch. And he's never had a cannon arm, you know, so the traditional, you know, big arm throws, you know, the deep out, those kind of things, not really his, his ballywick, if you will, but man, the touch down the field to Dre was amazing. Okay, last one. What you remember when, the specific instance, what you remember when in 2018 when Deshaun hits Vincent Smith for the go-ahead touchdown in Philly? Oh, I, I, I hate to say it, but I just I – I wasn't going to believe it until I saw it, the finish. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I was so thrilled he scored. I couldn't believe it because, like, Watson, you, you start to expect these miracles and – it's so unfortunate that as good as he is uh, in the clutch that they haven't been able to finish those key games. New Orleans last year, Philly yeah. that year, the Seahawks and the Patriots the first year. Those are heartbreakers to me because he deserves to win those games, you know, and yeah. he just couldn't come up with the big stop at the end. But, you know, that that was just one of those because uh, you saw the Aikens play right before that where yeah. it, was, it was maybe the greatest escape ever other than what happened in the playoffs last year. And then you have him hitting Vincent Smith. And, I, you know, I couldn't believe Smith came down with the ball. And Smith is still in the league with the Jets, so good for him, and I hope yeah. uh, he's got a good career. Uh, but you could make the stop. How about this? On the ensuing possession. Clowney hits oh. Nick Foles so hard on third and ten that it's a flag. And Foles completes the ball anyway. Was it was it a late hit? It was a late hit by Clowney. Well, he, and it, he said he used the crown of his the helmet. Yeah. Oh, that's he said what it he was. used the crown yeah. of his helmet. Yeah, and that's a, what it yeah, was. It was a good call. Bill though, Finovich, right? I still don't uh, know that. Oh, I ridiculous. know. It's one of those deals. But Jeffries comes down with the ball anyway. I know, I know. If I'm Jeffrey. telling you when he hits Vincent, I, I mean, we were down a couple scores, and people forget about that. We were down a couple scores in that game. It was and, over. And it was done, and then they fumbled. And then they get the one to Deontay Foreman. They get the ball back, and I'm like, he's got a shot at this. And then he hits yep. Vincent, and I'm like, oh, my. And then they come right back down. Oh, God, Nick Foles. My Was goodness. the Jets okay. the week before? Yes. The Jets, the Jets, all right, so before. the Jets was a come from behind her. I mean, that was not yeah. an easy win. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you're back on the East Coast and you're about to do that. Wow. Incredible stuff. Oh, that would have been amazing. It would have been amazing. But either way. All right. We got to go around the league. Ian Rappaport had a tweet yesterday about a potential schedule. We'll talk about that next right here in Texas All Access. Don't miss a single thing on your favorite team. Follow us on Twitter at Houston Texans. This is Texans Radio. June's Houston Texans Star of Courage Award presented by Apache will be presented to Houston Police Department Lieutenant Bridget Loomis. Lieutenant Loomis sets an exemplary leadership standard for all with her commitment to service. Recently, she went above and beyond to help a mother and her two children escape a domestic abuse situation, taking care of their hotel bill when shelters were full. Her willingness to serve those around her for the past 23 years means more to her community than she knows. The Houston Texans and Apache would like to congratulate her for being our June Star of Courage Award recipient. Hyundai has always had your back, and now Hyundai is also looking out for your pocketbook. 
Introducing Hyundai Complimentary Maintenance. Three years or 36,000 miles of coverage that includes all basic maintenance. Hyundai, the longer you look, the more there is to life. Drive home in a new 2020 Hyundai Sonata, starting at just $24,575. Complimentary maintenance included. Visit buyhyundai.com or see your local Hyundai dealer today. Call 202-929-0073 for complete details. Do you know an outstanding Latino leader who is making a positive impact on Houston? Nominate them today for the Houston Texans Campeón de la Comunidad Award. Presented by Miller Lite. The award honors a leader in the Latino community who is making a positive impact on the city of Houston through service to a local nonprofit. Winner will receive a $20,000 grant for their nonprofit and recognition at a Texans home game. Visit HoustonTexans.com backslash campeón to nominate a Latino leader today. To a child... Time spent outside is never a waste. Play is a job and a serious one at that. And each day is a new opportunity for adventure. At Texas Children's Hospital, we're all about happy, healthy kids. And as the official children's hospital of the Houston Texans and local sponsor of Play 60, we join our hometown team in hoping that in your house, play never goes out of style. Hey, Texans fans. With Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day. So skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. More Texans radio in spectacular fashion is on the way. Are you missing out on Houston's most exclusive business network? Members of Texans Lux become your network, matching you with your executive peers at any of our exclusive events. With more than 10 off-season events per year, like trips with a team to training camp, VIP draft party, business luncheons, and more, you're provided year-round access to the network that works for you. Find out how you can use Texans Lux to grow your network by visiting HoustonTexansLux.com. He's the general. John McClain. The roster size is going to be 80, which means you're going to have more than 300 players cut around the league. In this situation, Brendan Scarlett, Dylan Cole, A.J. Boyer, Arian Foster, those players who made the Texans and undrafted free agents, Good chance they wouldn't be making it this year. John McClain is exclusively on Houston's Sports Leader. Sports Radio 610. Woohoo! Yeah! We're here in Energy Stadium with our favorite people in Houston, our one and only Texans fans. So what are you guys cheering about? We're celebrating Dyke and opening the country's third largest manufacturing plant right here in Houston. Yeah, baby! That's over 5,000 employees already. And still growing. Wow, those are some winning Dykin stats for Houston. Sounds like they're one of our biggest fans. On three, two, one, Dykin! Air intelligence! Consistency, trust, and dependability. These three qualities are a must-have for any team that legitimately wants to win. And for the folks at Martin Preferred Foods, who've teamed up with Amogee Bank for the last 30 years, that's exactly what they've done. Amogee Bank knows how to help family businesses win because they know how to help family businesses grow. So, what are you waiting for? Come join the winning side. Amogee Bank. Here you grow. A division of ZBNA, member FDIC. Official bank of the Houston Texans. Will the LSU Tigers be just as dominant in 2020? Can they replace key players lost to the NFL draft and field another undefeated national championship caliber squad? Only one way to find out. Witness the 2020 LSU Tigers right here in Houston as they head to NRG Stadium Saturday, September 19th to take on the hometown Rice Owls. Head to RiceLSU2020.com to join the wait list and be notified as soon as tickets go on sale or to get info on how you can experience Rice versus LSU from a luxury suite this fall. Don't miss an episode of our Texans podcasts. Subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher to get the latest sent right to your phone. Mentioned earlier, check out this podcast. Drew and I did it in the lab. That's really, really good. Mark had Rich Lord on talk about the origins of Sports Radio 610, being out on the sidelines uh, from 07 to 2013. 
Uh, Rich did a great job down there, and I was uh, I was honored to follow him. And he is a, a legend in sports radio, so definitely check out those podcasts. And of course, DB Sidhu had Laura Overton, I believe. I can't remember if this this week or last week, but check out Deep Slant uh, podcast as well. Uh, Mark, during a break, um, my uh, my good friend Tommy hooked up my Surface with some uh, some more games that I could uh, watch and study some college prospects. Uh, just out of curiosity, how much um, how much does Miami? And I, it's been a while. I get that, but how much do you think the Miami Hurricanes lose in sort of intimidation factor aura by not playing in the old Orange Bowl? I think quite a bit. Uh, I remember when I worked there and I thought, well, this is a terrible deal they had with the city of Miami for the Orange Bowl. I mean, the Hurricanes, you know, that's the thing about I don't want to get too deep into too deep a dive here on them, but they, they're they not a very rich school athletically, you yeah. know. They don't own their own building. Uh, they joined the ACC because just revenue, you know. Yeah. They, they felt like that was the best way to do it. Uh, and we always thought, well, if they moved to that Dolphins stadium, it was like Joe Robbie or pro player at the time, uh, yeah. they'll make more money, which, yeah, they will if they fill it up. Uh, but the problem is, once you're there, you do lose the mystique. I mean, the Orange Bowl was almost like a museum. You know, it was a facility that you kind of you just wanted to go see it and be there because you knew at some point it was going to end. But, Johnny, it had to go. So, But I do think they lose a lot. And I think that the other factor is, over time, South Florida just got strip-mined by every other university that has yeah. huge, wonderful facilities. Look, we went to Auburn once for the NIT. We toured it, and uh, Joe Zagaki, who I worked with, knew Tuberville well because he yeah. was coaching there, and he used to be at Miami. And yeah. um, and he showed us around, and I was blown away. This yeah. is like early O's. This is 2000, literally. I was blown away by what Auburn had. Their baseball facility looked like oh. you know, Camden Yards. And, and the football facility, everything looked so good, and I thought – Oh, it's not going to last in Miami. You have to you have to beef up facilities wise. They were way behind in the arms race. Anyway, go on. Sorry. I, Alabama tweeted out a picture or some video from their updated, um, renovated locker room. Oh my god! It's now I don't know if everybody's socially distanced in there, but my god, it's incredible. What about uh, Northwestern's building? This is North. Oh, Northwestern's building is unbelievable. I remember Drake coming back on. Y'all got to see this. Yeah. It was it was incredible. Mark, Ian Rappaport tweeted this yesterday. He said, what would training camp be like under the NFL's latest ramp-up proposal? Number one, testing and physicals for five to six days. Number two, strength conditioning plus walkthroughs through day 12, off day 13, ramp-up with helmets through day 18, off day 19, on the 20th day, the pads go on. That is seemingly about what we expected, I think. They're, yeah. they're, they're trying to get a conditioning period in. They're trying to get a little bit of OTAs and mini camps in. And they're trying to get all that done. And then they'll take an off day. And then they put the, they put the helmets and the gear on uh, when they get to day 20. Which means I would think that's about where training camp would start. Would be somewhere, I guess, around day 20 which would be, what, like the 13th, 12th, wait, 13th of August? Go, go back to that helmets on from when to when? What was that? Ramp up with helmets from day 14 through day 18. See, to me, it's day 14 through 18, somewhere in That's there when, starts, yeah. when the coverage would start. Yeah, because training camp, think, you're not allowed in pads for the first few days anyway, right? Yeah, right. So right. Uh, it's not like the, it starts when the pads come on. Now, this is a weird year. We all know it. I think for us – and, and for the fans, too, they want to know, because the fans can't be there, they want to know when we can get out there. You know, right. when are we going to be able to see it so we can deliver the information to them or whatever right. we can glean from the practices we can watch. So uh, that's what I want to know, and that's what we do not know yet. But we figure sometime, you know, mid-August, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever day, we'll be out there. We'll have our radio shows and all the other video stuff we get. Yeah, and once we get out there, we will unleash Colossus. As Mark yes. likes to say, we will Colossus. have it all for you. That's our we Texans media you. enterprise. Video, digital video, TV shows, radio. We Colossus will bring you training camp. Yes, there's no doubt about that. Okay, the general is going to join us tomorrow. I heard him, I've heard him the last couple of days, 
uh, on Sports Radio 610. Yes, he has you been have. As, he's been as good as ever. The general will join us tomorrow right here from 6 to 7. Mark, as always, it is a joy. Thank you so much. And, of course, for playing along, playing along with What You Remember When. We will be back tomorrow again with the general 6 to 7 right here, Sports Radio 610. Guys, back in studio. Y'all are the best. Thank you so much for keeping us on the air. We will see you tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And as always, go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. From the slightest bend to complex motions, your body is made to move. At Houston Methodist Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, our teams are using advanced technology and imaging to develop custom treatment plans, and our minimally invasive procedures can help you heal faster. We have the expertise to keep you moving because every movement matters. Find the care you need at 20 locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. Another hot day in Houston as this game gets underway. Here's the kickoff, caught by Dykin. They're really stepping it up for Houston, Jim. Like all that financial assistance they gave for Hurricane Harvey relief efforts. Yeah, Steve, they gained a lot of yardage on that one. Here's the snap. Oh, and look at that donation to Habitat for Humanity. Did you see all those AC units they provided for low-income housing? These guys would be on fire if they weren't so cool. Dykin is definitely Houston's biggest fan. They're taking this Houston team right into the comfort zone. Hey, Texans fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day. So skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Do you know an outstanding Latino leader who is making a positive impact on Houston? Nominate them today for the Houston Texans Campeón de la Comunidad Award. Presented by Miller Lite. The award honors a leader in the Latino community who is making a positive impact on the city of Houston through service to a local nonprofit. Winner will receive a $20,000 grant for their nonprofit and recognition at a Texans home game. Visit HoustonTexans.com backslash campeón to nominate a Latino leader today. Wildcat Golf Club is Houston's premier 36-hole golf facility, featuring the Lakes Course and the Highlands Course, located just minutes south of NRG Stadium. We're now offering a new and improved player development program, including unlimited range balls for less than $70 a month and 50% green fees after 4 p.m. Players hit off the mats Monday through Wednesday and off the grass Thursday through Sunday. Sign up for this program today at the Wildcat Pro Shop and mention Texans Radio, and we'll add an additional two free golf passes. Find a massive selection of new and certified pre-owned Hyundais at Ron Carter Hyundai, a better way to buy. Test drive any vehicle in Ron Carter Hyundai and get $250 in gift cards. Buy any vehicle and get $500 in gift cards. Sell them your car. There'll be any offer by $500 or get $500. Plus, get Hyundai Assurance, America's best warranty, 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Gulf Freeway, just two miles south of the Beltway. RonCarterHyundai.com. See dealer website for gift card and trade-in details. This is Texans Radio. Hey, parents and teachers. We know teaching kids at home can be hard, and teaching math can be even harder. Well, Schlumberger and the Houston Texans are here to make math fun with the Texans Stats Challenge. Get your student in the game with worksheets, videos, tips, and more to make math fun using the game of football. All for free. The Stats Challenge, presented by Schlumberger, is designed for sixth-grade students and covers a variety of math topics. Find the Stats Challenge and other great resources as we continue to huddle at home at HoustonTexans.com community. Hey Texans fans, are you ready for football? First Community Credit Union is drafting you to be a part of the exclusive Texans checking account team with a Texans debit card. Choose your play to score the card you want to carry. Stay focused because more designs will hit the field soon. You'll be the envy of everyone flashing your Texans debit card. Get yours today at FCCU.org slash Texans and join the team at First Community Credit Union, the official credit union of the Houston Texans. 
Already counting down the days until your next college football game day? Start planning your tailgate and prepping your face paint because the season starts right here in Houston with the Texas kickoff. Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels are set to take on Dave Aranda and the Baylor Bears at NRG Stadium Sunday, September 6th. Experience the season debut for both of these new head coaches as they look to open the year with a bang. Start your fall off right. Head to TexasKickoff.com to join the waitlist and be the first to know when tickets go on sale. Welcome to Louisiana's largest casino resort. Come to Cachata Casino Resort and play the largest gaming floor in the Lake Charles area with thousands of the newest, most exciting slots, over 65 table games, live bingo and off-track betting, plus beautiful hotels, award-winning cuisine, and the number one rated golf course in Louisiana. Experience good old Louisiana hospitality Cachata style at Cachata Casino Resort, Louisiana's best bet. As the preferred eye care provider of the Houston Texans, Houston Eye Associates knows that vision is everything, especially in football. Houston Eye is here to help Texans see better and keep their eyes on the prize. Houston Eye Associates has 28 Houston area locations with specialists in LASIK, cataracts, glaucoma, retina, cornea, oculoplastics, pediatrics, uveitis, and more. Come and see us today. Houston Eye Associates, the preferred eye care provider of the Houston Texans. Not too long ago, Houston Texans fans were cheering in the stands of NRG Stadium. We now cheer for our first responders, healthcare workers, teachers, and many more who exemplify the true Texan spirit. Until we gather as over 70,000 strong once again, let's support those on the front lines in the fight against COVID-19. For more information on resources for you and your family, visit HoustonTexans.com slash COVID. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. 